This is CliffCentral.com. Cheers, Anthea. Your money in the money shot. All right. How do you like that intro? Uh, that's pretty sexy. What do you think, Anthea? Very sexy, but I definitely feel like I'm tap dancing around the stock market, I tell you. Yeah, sure. What an interesting couple of days. I mean, there's so much going on. So much. And... Um, Sure. The reaction to the budget speech has been swift. Eh? The RAND 14-14 had closed on Friday. Before Gigaba started speaking on Thursday, it was 13-72. So what, you think so what you're saying is he might not be good for the economy. Might not then. <laughs> really, Anthony? Because um, I was on the fence for a while there. Uh, what, what do you predict will happen to the RAND next? Well, do you I'm think it will start to stabilize? Do you think it's no. going to go down? Oh, I'm thinking it'll go down because I'm expecting the credit rating agencies to downgrade us. Oh, I when when do we expect that? Twenty fourth of November. Oh God. So brace yourself. Three weeks. Three weeks. You got three weeks of living in a non junk country, people. Yeah, and that's not going to be pretty. We 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 just don't have the strength of the economy to sustain or to manage a downgrade at this stage. I think. In fact, I'm I'm happy to say that probably we don't have strength of leadership to manage a downgrade because you know economies do bounce back after they've been downgraded right mm. on average i think the last time i read let me try and think about this it takes an economy five to seven years to bounce back from a downgrade yeah and 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 i'm assuming that's when they have strong leadership so i think it's time to sort this leadership out if put that on the table quickly Anyway, the good news is the index was up 1.5% for the week. Obviously, the Rand Hedge shares performed well. Naspers is now a 3,407 Rand share. Richemont is now a 130 Rand share. Um, so, so there's a good part of this where um, if you were in the stock market, which I've always been telling you you needed to be and you needed to be in Rand Hedges, then you've done okay. Two, two shares, two local shares that actually performed well, Clicks and Discam, because they reported results. So Clicks, they reported full year 17 results. Diluted headline earnings per share up 14.7%. Um, an incredible number. So, but I think with Clicks, it's, it, it has been a tough time. They've had the competition with Discam. So it's not that it's coming off a low base. I just think they've managed to kind of look at their business re-strategize, consolidate, and move forward. So that's a good thing. You know, they're, they're really, they're doing some interesting things. Like they're revising their targets up. Group operating margin, they're looking at six to seven and a half percent. It's currently 6.8 percent. Um, so very impressive. I, I kind of, a little bit surprised by that result, I must say. And they keep adding stores, you know. So, so the other thing that Clicks have done is this deal with Netcare. Um, where they're now taking over the pharmacies within Netcare and opening up a clicks uh, dispensary, if you like. Um, they've added 18 Netcare outsource stores, they call them. Sure. And also the other thing with clicks is that their loyalty program is definitely paying off. They now have a membership of 7 million um, customers, loyalty customers, yeah. I guess, which accounted for 77% of sales. And I know clicks has a very clever marketing plan. If you've ever belonged or had uh, access to one of these loyalty cards, you'll know that the minute you buy some one thing, just one, 
um, kind of like say, you, so I did once. I bought nappies for a friend of mine for like one of these nappy parties. Mm-hmm. And every single time these nappies go on special, I get an email reminding oh, me I that nappies that. Don't are you hate special. That? That's awful. It, it drives me insane. Uh. But the point of it is that it's marketing and that people are actually using that. And in this tough economy, I mean, that's exactly what people are going for. Look, we're having a two for one. And guess what? It's bringing people into the store. So. Well done to them, you know. Um, they've got some decent capex plans on this on the on the on the horizon as well. Um, so it's not to clicks not to be discounted. It's not cheap. The stock is, oh, if I remember correctly, mm, no, I want to say it's trading above twenty times price earnings. Um, so so it's not a cheap share. And then the other one, their competition, of course, Diskim. They also reported results. They reported. The first double-digit growth for their first interim results, 38.1% increase in headline earnings per share. And in this economy, I have to wonder how they did it. It was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, their turnover increased by 14% to 9.95 billion rand. They've opened 19 new stores in the period, so that's in six months. Um, they now have 118 stores as of end of August of this year. Incredible. Um, just like another spectacular story. I, I don't actually know where to start. Like there's so many things they've done so well on their margins. They've managed to increase their sales. And one of the, the, the sectors that really has worked particularly well for them is their UPD business, which is really their pharmaceutical distribution business. And when everyone kind of when they went into it, people were very skeptical, but it has proven to be the goose that lays the golden egg for them. So, so you know, and I'm I'm very nervous of these local shares, but I'm very impressed with kind of those two um, local shares that reported last week. Okay, well that 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 at least is a little bit of mm. aligning on the on the dark cloud. Absolutely. Um, what other kinds of investments do you think people will start making in anticipation of this downgrade? So, where I do you think, think money is going to be flowing? Uh, oh, well, first, well, let's think internationally. I think money is going to flow for, away from South Africa, obviously. Um, you, you mean because of the budget? Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Um, money's going to flow away from South Africa because people are expecting us to get downgraded and you'll see it manifest itself in the RAND. The fact that the stock market is so strong is interesting, but I don't think it will last forever. And then locally, I think people are going to move away from volatile, like shares, kind of the small caps, the mid caps, people are going to move away from and very quickly. And they're going to move into, in inverted commas, the big blue chip companies like the Richmonds, which are particularly are rand hedged. Um, the old mutuals, the Woolworths probably, which has offshore expansion or offshore revenue generating capabilities. And then also into very stable money market fixed income type um, um, investments. Now, I say fixed income type investments, although after the budget, I mean, obviously our bonds blew out, so they sold off. But I think if you're an investor at this stage, you're looking for capital preservation. You're looking for an interest income every month rather than capital growth in shares. So I think that's what's going to happen. And of course… As the RAND blows out, and if we do have to raise interest rates, then property is going to come under a lot of pressure. Hmm. Is that how it's most immediately going to affect most of us? Well, from an investment point of view, sure. All right. And, of course, the inflation. I keep talking about this inflation. I'm worried because if the RAND blows out – I don't know about you guys, but I don't don't really feel like I have the – 
margin of safety for a huge inflationary environment. Um, you know, Justice was talking about interest rates when they were over 20% in the late 90s. I, I also remember that. I was working in London at the time, and I phoned my father and said, I'm getting paid nothing in the UK for my money. I'm going to send it to South Africa. I soon learned what is something called uh, pricing power parity. So you send your money here, you earn 20% interest, but guess what, guess what happens? The rand weakens, and so your rand is worth nothing overseas. Uh-oh. It's called pricing power parity. So if you could go back, how would you have done that? Kept your money there? <laughs> Left my money there. Uh-huh. I would have happily earned 3% interest ex- over, what, 22 that they were offering here, but kept strong um, hard currency. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I did see Amazon do amazing things. <laughs> amazing. Oh my goodness. The share was up 14%. Yep. That, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos is now the wealthiest man in the world. Last week, he added t- over $10 billion to, to his wealth. He now is worth Imagine waking up one, in one week, you go to sleep on a Monday and you wake up on the Friday <sighs> and you're suddenly worth 10 billion more. Oh, it's all relative, right? It's only 10%. He's now worth $93.8 billion. When he no. listed Amazon, when was it? In the 90s, eh? Mm-hmm. Two decades ago, mm-hmm. 97. At IPO, he owned $178 million worth of stock. So he'd already built the company up to kind of a fair size. His stake in Amazon is now worth $88 billion. That's 500 times in 20 years, call it. <laughs> this is these numbers are just spectacular, and all of us have been discussing for the last week how Amazon just is taking over. I'm afraid. What's interesting about it, though, they made a 1.2 billion billion dollar operating profit from their web services, but from retail they made a loss of 850 million dollars. Now, the market obviously isn't too worried about it because they're saying, guess what? Amazon is just taking over retail globally. I mean, like, it is the big conglomerate in retail. And so people are still buying the share. It's not sure. too shabby, huh? Very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I saw that. Also, Bitcoin had a very, I know you don't like talking about these, but it had a very uh, big weekend. Spectacular. Another what was 5 that all or 6% about? up over two days. So, so Lots going on. There is a lot going on. And if, I mean, I, I, I hate talking about Bitcoin, but I do watch it to a point. And the one thing that I've noticed is they keep having these splits, right? So they had bit gold, bit cash or whatever this stuff mm-hmm. is. And, and basically my understanding is that they branch off another cryptocurrency. Yeah. It sounds a bit dodgy to me, to be honest, because what the guys who are branching off do is, is almost boiler room stuff, in my opinion. So just like be careful of this. You, you know, it's so Bitcoin by far has outperformed all the other cryptocurrencies, but they keep adding new ones. And yeah. surely that's got to, I mean, the whole point of Bitcoin is that you couldn't increase supply and demand increased and therefore the currency, the cryptocurrency increased in value because it's not a store of, it's not a store of value, right? It's a supply and demand thing. Um, it's being driven by demand and huge demand and lack of supply. But now all of a sudden you're getting everyone branching off and making new cryptocurrencies. So really increasing supply. Can somebody please explain how this is a sustainable model and how this keeps going? <laughs> I, I don't know. We had um, run in here now two weeks in, in a row telling us about 
how it works and we've even started a little portfolio just to monitor kind of where it goes. I think that that investment has been substantially increased. Has it? Eh? So oh, yeah. it must. So he must be basically invested in Bitcoin then, not in oh, Ethereum yeah. or no. any of the others, right? Because even the guys who created Bitcoin in originally, I saw last week, had created another cryptocurrency. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it really just depends. It's so sentiment based too, because there's no way you can ground it in any kind of macroeconomic. Fundamentals. Exactly. So I think the real value is in blockchain. I don't think it's in the actual cryptocurrency. So I think um, the world will change because of blockchain, not because of Bitcoin. <laughs> I just want to say I did buy some Amazon two weeks ago. Oh, look at you. Which went really well. I, I did buy some. <laughs> look at you, Bezos. <laughs> I did buy some PayPal just wow. two weeks ago. Yeah. You've done well. Right. Did you buy any Anheuser Busch talk about no. uh, foreign shares? No. Okay, because it's not that exciting, right? <laughs> no. What What happened there? They reported results last week as mm-hmm. well. Basically, the U.S. sales was down five point six percent. South Africa grew by three point eight percent. Organic sales up three point six percent. EBITDA up fourteen percent. Here, so in a nutshell, good emerging market growth, but bad U.S. growth. So. And you can't just blame it on the hurricanes because it's only quarterly report um, because actually they, they've lost almost a percent in market share. So whereas South Africa and emerging markets seem to be growing in beer sales, mm-hmm. the U.S. not so much. And I think it's got to do with craft beer. I, I, I think – Yeah, it does. You think yeah, so? Hey? Absolutely. So Microbreweries, yeah. Yeah. I don't drink beer, so I don't actually know. But it seems like – uh, craft beer, it's not just a fad. It's actually here oh, to stay. It's, like it's been going people for a while it. now. Yeah, it's true. Many people thought it would be a fad, but yeah, it get big investment. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I, and what is it? I mean, is it that they just launch a new craft beer every six months and everyone drinks that? Um, or is it like one or two craft beers people, that is taking over? But people like the idea of supporting these small breweries rather than the big businesses. They also like the different flavors of the craft beer. And there's also a lot of pretentious nonsense around it. There's also just a lot of great packaging and marketing. You get some very smart people who have taken on the craft beer thing. It wasn't just like two or three people who had an idea. Mm-hmm. You find that people who are very successful in other industries have all invested in the idea of beer. That's my understanding. Does anyone, yeah. does anyone drink craft beer? Sure. You do? Mabs, you do? In my past life, I did. Oh, there she is. My she's, now she's, now yeah. she's now Saint Mabali Malloy when it comes to alcohol. See, oh. you don't drink craft beer. I'm not a beer drinker at all. Oh, me, me neither. No. Okay. Amanda, you? Do you do the craft beer thing? I mean, this is uh, probably not in your... Because you do hardcore, you know, you do like hard tack at the parties. Yeah, no craft beer. No. Yeah. Oh, all only right. Ben, then. So it's only Ben. Hmm. But he represents part of what's what's changing. The cool kids, eh? yeah, <laughs> the beer so. drinking cool kids. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, so because Anheuser Busch now make a third of the world's beer. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think if they're losing market share, it's definitely time for them to innovate. Hmm. You know, now talk about the share. Would I be buying the share? It's on a twenty-five times forward price earnings. It's very close to its peak of twenty-eight times. It does have a five-point-eight times free cash flow, flow yield. So the free cash flow yield makes it look interesting, but it looks expensive. So you know what? If you don't, if you own it, it's fine. If you don't, I guess kind of stay away from it for a while longer. All right. There's Anything no, else you want to throw? Wait for in? a cheaper opportunity. Um, yeah, there's there's still a couple of um, corporate activities going on. I'm just going to mention them very briefly. So first of all, AVI, the brand's business, they got a bid. 
they're now trading under a cautionary. It looks like they may be selling their INJ fishing business, which is very exciting because that really was the drag on this business, being able to create uh, value for investors. You know, if they sold the INJ fishing business, it would take their ROE up to 39%. Which is currently at 19%, so you know how bad this fishing business is doing. <laughs> I mean, wow. it's, I think it's all about, they've implemented, um, what do they call it? Allocations, BEE allocations in the fish, fishing sector. And so licensing is difficult. You know, you can't, it's not like you can just go out and fish. You actually have to have a license to fish. Well, in big quantities, yeah. obviously. Um, so that's interesting. And then PPC was very interesting. It traded all the way above seven rand a share on Friday because finally Lafarge Halsam have come to the party and said that they would bid for PPC. We've been waiting for this for two or three weeks now. Mm. So I'm very excited because we bought them below six rand a share, five rand something. Um, they haven't said what they're going to pay for it. Uh, so I guess there's still speculation. But yeah, we're very excited about this PPC bid. Okay. And that's it for me. Thank you, Anthea. Very My good. Pleasure. There's a look at your money in The Money Shot with Anthea Gardner. If you want to know more, you can always go to the Money Shot page on cliffcentral.com. And if you're looking at Rand Hedged Investments, you know Anthea runs our hashtag invest portfolio, which you might want to start dipping into if you think that keeping Rands under the mattress is better. You will find yourself poorer, according to most economists, in the next two months. So do not do that. <laughs> well. Don't store rands. It's not going to do you any good anywhere. It will cost you a fortune. This is CliffCentral.com.